Hey, I'm Lottie Mack and welcome to Modes of Making, the podcast that focuses on the process before the piece. Each episode, I'll be talking with someone new about how they do what they do. This week, we have Matia Guanera McCarthy, a 23-year-old painter from South London. I first met you... Hello, Matteo, uh, for a first. <laughs> hey, 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 how's it, how you doing? I first met you when we worked together on the London Design Festival mm-hmm. exhibition. We helped like curate the collection of over 100 artists together. Yeah. I was trying to remember how many artists it was, but it was I like... I think, yeah, definitely over 100. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, there's also so many like offshoots and stuff that were going on. It's kind of hard to keep track, I guess. Yeah, it was a lot. But I feel like since that, I've just seen you like showing after showing after showing after mm. showing you've been like non-stop with exhibiting your work which is so amazing to see just so everyone knows Matia has been exhibiting basically all around the world it feels like in the last 12 months I've like tried, man. your work has been in South Korea New York Berlin mm. the fucking Saatchi gallery like yeah. multiple London art galleries including like Guts and like loads mm. of others Copeland gallery all this amazing stuff and only a few months ago you just got back from a residency yeah. in New York with Rotation Works. Rotation Works, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like seeing you doing all these amazing things and I was mm-hmm. like, first series, we've got to get Matia in. You're just, <laughs> you're doing so much, it's beautiful. And thank also you, I, I love your it, practice man. as well. Thank you, thank uh, you. It's really nice to see someone whose work I love so much being like recognised as well at mm-hmm. such an early point in their yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, you know, you'd have a lot to say. Mm. Matia's work takes the form of large yet comfortable sized airbrushed paintings that aim to understand the nuances of the human condition through focusing on sport and entertainment. And like the key themes within your work, Matia, are identity, expression, competition, masculinity and stardom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good summary. Yeah, Would man, you I like can see to... you've been doing your research. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to make it like I wanted to make it originally like Nardward, you know, you know, Nardward. I need to start referencing Nardward. No one knows about Nardward. OK, but yeah. Welcome, Matia amazing painter from south thank london you, always you, man. yeah that's been an amazing introduction man i Bla- hope so i'm flattered to hear that yeah. is there any other anything else you'd say about your practice because obviously that was me regurgitating mm. well, i guess I just generally i guess i can kind of just go over what you said i'm a painter from southeast london born and raised in peckham and went to Campbell ual so i've pretty much stayed local in southeast my whole life in regards to my practice, yeah, I use airbrush, sometimes a bit of different techniques as well, but predominantly airbrush. I kind of have two branches to my practice, one which focuses a lot on like the human body and like skin texture, also confining the body within the parameters of a canvas, so using the four corners of a canvas as kind of a base to then fit my paintings within. And then the other thing obviously is the sports, the entertainment, the contemporary imagery, which is just like a lot of imagery that I think has kind of value to me, whether that be in its meaning or visual, just yeah. And that's Love me, that. Yeah. that was a perfect explanation. Oh, I didn't you. really know about the detail that you go into the perimeters of the canvas. Mm. And well, now that's that with makes... the stretch, the stretch stuff. Yeah, I like... think that's kind of how it started for me. Mm. It also like a lot of it, I started off really interested in kind of like the digital realm. So I think I'd also describe my work to be in a sort of limbo between digital and real. So I don't think, I don't aim to like make hyper-realistic paintings, nor do I try to make, you know, sometimes people have been like, oh, it reminds me of Pez 06 video games and mm. stuff, and I'm not trying to do that neither, but I think that middle ground is kind of where we find ourselves today in this, yeah, kind of middle space. So yeah. I think that's what I try to capture. Well, I guess we grew up in a time where mm. our whole youth was like, yeah. 
surrounded by that kind of mm. shit so it makes sense that yeah, even yeah, if yeah. it's not your intention you're going to be influenced or people are going to make connections between those two yeah, things yeah, yeah and i mean if people are interested in finding more about that kind of whole movement and stuff ollie ep coined the term post-digital and i think that perfectly captures exactly what we're speaking about so it's kind of okay. the acknowledgement of the digital realm entering our lives but it's also not about digital it's For not that. you know fucking i don't know art made on like in a cgi art and stuff like that it's just purely just the acknowledgement of the contemporary world i guess yeah well yeah. exactly that the lives that we live mm -hmm. something else that i really like i noticed about your work but i mean it's probably definitely not the intention mm -hmm. but like especially with the airbrush technique it always kind of reminds me of like i have really bad eyesight mm. from right now i can see you and it because yeah, you're close yeah. to me but <laughs> i've never seen you with glasses though yeah i don't wear them i don't <laughs> wear them because i just feel like they make my eyes worse that's mm. why i don't wear them but yeah, you feel like the airbrush technique kind of like reminds me of when I don't have my glasses on. I'm trying mm -hmm. to look, I'm crossing the road and I see someone I recognize and that blurry state. And mm. like, I really like that because it like resonates with the feeling of like seeing without seeing within yeah. my work. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when I was like looking into your practice, you were saying how like you touch on sport without talking about the sport. Mm. And I thought it was quite interesting because like, yeah, when I first looked like deep to the airbrush technique and the essence of seeing without seeing, mm -hmm. it kind of latched into that idea of like sport without sport and like meaning mm. with like double meaning and sit yeah, like that yeah. and like hiddenness in it yeah, yeah, and yeah. i really loved that you also thought like the airbrush technique is really nice like for some reason it kind of like weirdly resonates with like my inner child i don't know what mm. it is like it's maybe like 90s isn't it it's yeah. like i guess the way i use it isn't maybe in its traditional sense mm -mm. um and actually now i'm trying to kind of go back and look at the the people that kind of created the tradition of airbrushing as a reference because I kind okay. of when I started I just looked at like my contemporary contemporary artists there was like a guy on my course in the year above that airbrushed and that was kind of why I got it okay. and then COVID happened and I was just like I had fuck all to do and just like just made it happen you get me but taught I think yourself it. taught myself exactly and um, I think now yeah I'm trying to like kind of honour the tradition of airbrushing and that's probably what you're more familiar with um, yeah. you know that kind of like airbrush t-shirt that's literally of, what like, I was going to yeah, say yeah, the t-shirts yeah. but like it's an interesting juxtaposition because it's like resonates like this kind of you know nostalgic feeling yeah. in me but then there's also some of the scenes that you depict are gruesome like man mm -hmm. getting his head stomped in with yeah, like a football yeah, 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 yeah. boot or a football thing in right in mm. his face and it's really interesting I didn't know much about airbrush when I was when I got it like at first it was purely like just I was inspired by it. Mm. Uh, I remember I did like a painting which had loads of gradient and I didn't have the patience to. I used to paint with oils and there's some really cool painters on my course. Shout out Alfie and Elsa Rui. And yeah, man, they were banging with the acrylic, getting the gradients, using the fan brush and all of that. And it just mm. wasn't for me. I've I've self-diagnosed myself with ADHD, I guess. I so I feel like the airbrush lends itself to that because even sometimes, you know, I might spend two, three hours in the studio but it seems like I've done a day's work because I can really so bang it. Yeah, it's very immediate and interactive as well, so it keeps me on my toes. That's so interesting, and that's such a comparison to my work because I use painting because I see it, like any type of painting, like oils or acrylic or whatever, mm. as an immediate thing because obviously I make these like furniture, mm. sculpture-type yeah, pieces yeah. that take weeks and weeks to make, and mm. now I view painting as the thing that's immediate for me. Immediate in comparison to But now to you found another immediacy yeah, yeah, in yeah. painting. The next that, like, step, man. Bro, I wonder how I'd feel when I did that. That yeah. would be like too good <laughs> so I kind of wanted to give people a bit of a gist of like your work mm -hmm. and like them like a bit of imagery into that and now I thought we kind of touch on your journey mm -hmm. so far so like how did you 
get into painting or art to begin mm-hmm. with? Was it like in childhood, um, like ways? So or? yeah, I mean the classic like in childhood. I my mom was a contemporary dancer and oh, wow. that's well, my dad dabbled with everything man he'd actually gone to Camberwell which is the uni I went to I think they both just definitely like allowed me to engage in my creative side I think I was mediocre at most other things I mean I was I was you know I'd get like B's and C's you get me I think that was that's, a B's that's and C's above mediocre, above mediocre I was getting C's and D's so. yeah well, that maybe <laughs> I know you're gonna say what I was gonna what I was thinking but yeah no because of that I think I just always lent in that kind of way and I, I've really like I kind of always knew that I was going to be... I knew that I was be at Campbell, for instance. Like following your dad's footsteps and um, stuff? I don't think it what was... I didn't see it. Like, he studied sculpture. Oh, okay. Um, wow. But Interesting. Cause it's funny because I very... spoke to him today and like he said he'd probably listen to the podcast when I... When I shout when out I, dad. I shout out dad. But I don't know. There was a part of me... Because my dad, from the stories I hear, he was very good at everything he did. He, was, he, my, he met my mum through doing contemporary dance. He dabbled yeah. with music. And so I think he liked doing it for his own sake. Mm. And so I think, I don't know, I, I wasn't alive at the time, but I feel like that was something I strive to also like do it for people to really see, you know. So I think I kind of, I wanted to make a career out of it, which is something that I feel like if he continued with what he was doing, like he could have been like, like a legacy black yeah. UK artist that would have been he could have made it basically and I think there's time still yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 50, 100% man 100% but I think yeah that's something that I kind of I kind of knew that in my genes I had it in me my mom took her contemporary dance company and went across the world with it and stuff wow. so I think for me it was how can I take what's in my DNA and like project it on a larger yeah, scale that's beautiful that's up, such a big blessing that's mm. really, really yeah no I definitely I always count my blessings I feel I'm very yeah very that. blessed when so it comes I guess to you get art. to speak to your parents a lot about your work or did they mm. have any my mum's like always supported me like crazy my dad like as well in his sort of own way but definitely I think now actually weirdly enough we're getting closer as well he's been coming to the studio like every couple of weeks and oh, stuff, which I, I wouldn't so even nice. do with my mum all the time but yeah. he's been coming like having a meal just chatting so it's good man I think like growing up you know relationships and stuff change so yeah and they grow with you and yeah yeah, yeah like, exactly yeah. so I feel like the dynamics with both my parents have changed now I've yeah. moved out of my house and so on but yeah it's nice new yeah, chapter yeah. Yeah. so I guess you just mentioned that your dad comes to your studio yeah should we go a little bit into your studio space where where's your studio space at the moment so my studio's in um like North Peckham near Old Kent Road lives the exchange um run by Nicholas Okulu who runs pen people amazing um, man I guess it's like yeah amazing man he basically he considers himself a community enabler and fact he definitely is like definitely going is back to man. how He's me and Matia so met much, at the yeah. London Divine Festival mm-hmm. Nicholas basically mm. patterned that yeah man everyone. and I would not be like anywhere near where I am right now during Covid I was in my shed as lockdown restrictions started to lift I met Nicholas and then Nicholas had this big garage, which what lives he is. It was an ex garage, which has been converted into studios and stuff. And at the time, I mean, I was just bored of just being in my shed alone, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I, he's had this parking bay at the back of the garage, and I was like, can I, can I re, can I use the space and repurpose it so I can make my work? My girlfriend Sophia also, she was studying at uni at the time, and she needed a space to work outside of the house, so. She does architecture. She right, studies so architecture. She yeah, yeah, yeah. So she well, needed a space. Greatly. So yeah, we just made, we just moved in. Then we were like freezing our bullets off. So we built a very temporary structure within the 
the park and bay yeah. and then like a year later we built it properly and oh, so okay. now we've got like astroturfed out like yeah. fully like insulated everything but yeah we built that all by hand and yeah thanks to nicholas it definitely like allowed me to just allowed me to have my space to be like a fully practicing artist and i was doing that bear in mind like in my second that was so covid happened in my during my second year yeah and then I dropped out of uni. I said, "Fuck this! I'm not going to Is uni." It? I yeah, yeah, I didn't. That. Yeah, I didn't go to uni for my last year. I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not paying to like yeah. just work from home." It's, it was um, stupid, but yeah. and I mean, the standard of uni while we're at it just dropped like incredibly. Like, I remember like back in the day, it used to be so much more critical and stuff. And then like post COVID, also like just teacher strikes and all of that. It just mm. like it was kind of whack. So then I'll my do final, them, but it makes it difficult. No, nah, yeah. yeah, more power to them. But yeah, it was just shit, man. So I had like a few teach tutors don't get it twisted i mean i relate to all of them but like yeah. in terms of like what you're actually personally getting out of it yeah, i thought it was course, like yeah, super minimal level. so i just stayed at the last year of uni i just didn't go to uni i just did it remotely from my studio um the and one that lives here, right? the one that lives here, yeah and then i think because i had that time out it meant that i started to apply for stuff so then my final year i really was just doing me and then just handing in what i was doing to, to uni but I didn't feel like I was going to so uni so wait did you not have like critical evaluations and shit like that of your work you still went in for that right or uh, you, were you just maybe making, like making, f- making? maybe like a handful of them I went in with my iPad and just showed some photos oh man and that was about it but uh, it's good that they I guess I allowed you to do I that think it was I tried of, to do that I think it was because of COVID I, like a loophole where I just said yeah. like I mean I baffed it man I'm literally like that's like the story of my life I just yeah. just baffing baff, blagging shit yeah. yeah I'm so jealous bro <laughs> I tried to do that and I went to yeah. up in Leeds and I was like please don't make me go back there and <laughs> oh, they were like you're COVID, coming really? back yeah yeah oh, yeah oh no yeah, that yeah. sucks yeah man I think I don't know. I, d- I think there is a purpose for uni. Uh, That's what I was going to yeah, say. So yeah, you yeah. went to Campbell for foundation mm-hmm. and for BA. And for BA, yeah. You decided to stay on there. So I guess you like their way of teaching. I think it suits your painting. Yeah, I think so. When, after finishing my foundation, I got accepted into Campbell, Chelsea and CSM. And I actually accepted. All free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Shit, I accepted. I didn't even know you could apply for all free. <laughs> yeah, but you get like special privilege if you go to U- a UAL as well. Foundation, yeah. But, um... I'd actually accepted to go to Central St. Martins mm. and then I realised literally like the money was like student finance was had sent the P's and everything. Oh, and then last minute, I think through speaking to people, I was living at home still and Campbell was so close. So I was like, number one, that's like an hour and a half like, of mm. extra painting time just like on travel. And then B, I was like, what type of artist am I? And I think that's something that everyone should consider when they're going to uni. It's like, for me, I don't know, Campbell for me personally was like, Oaky vibes, uh, kind of like chilled, smoke a spliff. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows yeah, you to th- do that. It's that yeah. space. CSM's way more commercial artist, very glitz and glamour. So I think competitive. Competitive. Also. So I think Campbell definitely reflected my me and myself. Yeah, so you're, you're glad with that decision? Like you glad you went to uni as well? Yeah, I know, hundred percent, man. Because like, as much as I don't think uni university is necessary, and it's no shade on people that haven't gone to uni, but. I know for myself, had I not gone to uni, I wouldn't have stayed, like, studying as much. And it's mad. I mean, it's, like, from, like, 18 years old. I mean, maybe now I'd start picking stuff up because I have interest and stuff. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's space, limiting. But to really, like, dive yeah. deep into stuff and, like, consider stuff. And art, obviously, is great for that because it's, like, loads of philosophy and stuff involved in it. Yeah. Uh, uni just gives you the space and, I guess, in a sense as well. Yeah, it gives the, you, you got the, the economic backing as well yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah. allow you to do that shit. Yeah, exactly. you're just working all day and you're tired and shit. Yeah. And I understand why people wouldn't. Yeah, man, I think 18 is way too young. Obviously, some people, due to circumstance, don't have the choice or the privilege to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, 
definitely if you can man I think university I just I don't I can't imagine what I'd be doing at 18 like if I made a decision at 18 years old and maybe I would have locked into something that a path that I didn't even you know I I wouldn't go to uni again if I if I tried you know but I think you wouldn't go our university experiences were very different I I wish I stayed at UAL I went all the way up to Leeds Mm. and did history of art and fine art and then it's so Mm. it's like academic and practical yeah yeah yeah. I would never go again if it was up to me I would just assist artists and work in my studio but I mean that's also because I feel like I have a lot of personal life but do you think you had that hustle when you was 18 you get what i'm saying so like slightly at 18 yeah i think you I did, did. Okay, fair <laughs> enough fair <laughs> enough i felt like i was like i wouldn't say till like maybe like 19 20 i get excited I like, when i'm not working so that's why okay yeah no i could chill for, i could chill for england man i kind of have to force myself because i do have quite a competitive mindset and mm. like i do want good things for myself so i push myself outside of my comfort zone but in my nature i could literally just chill yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, let's like go into the way that you work then. That leads yeah. us onto that quite beautifully. Uh-huh. So you see that like, you can chill a lot, but also you make a lot and you turn out a lot of work. Like, mm. I walked into your studio a few months ago and mm. there was just like paintings everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's really beautiful to see. So I was wondering if you could talk us through, obviously this is modes of making. We're mm. focusing on the process of like yeah. how people how? do things, not just what you have done. Mm-hmm. So like if you could talk us through, you know, a day in the studio or like a day finishing a series, mm. what is your process from, you know, initial thought to the world seeing it and experiencing Mm. it so i guess it all starts just like i guess from the conception of ideas my well how i conceive ideas often like is starts around like an image maybe that i may have found Mm. uh, or just like a thought that i've had and that image when you do sorry i'll I'll be buttoned in as Mm. well to get yeah yeah, definitely when you find these images how are you coming across them normally is like just by chance or do you go Uh, a lot of the time chance a lot of the time man i find myself in some like weird shit on the internet dark like some yeah yeah literally like i was looking at like sagging pants the other day and then all the history of, us, of that's actually quite interesting yeah. south america with the history <laughs> no, of no i haven't shit. seen that but i was like on Bro. this page and then like i just found like some like rent it's like some boys like that it was like it was just a really weird page i don't even know how to describe it it was like a list of guys with their pants sagging <laughs> and it was like, like ranked in the best sag Kind of, yeah, it was like ranking sags. It was like twenty three year old with great sag, and I don't know if there was like some sexual undertone to that or what it was. Oh shit, I didn't but, even um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. So I think yeah, that's kind of my process is just like researching in kind of like weird ways, but weird ways that also like again acknowledge the times that we live in because I think for a long time I saw other artists who went down like a traditional route of doing things. As in like looking into the history of art and reading the story of art. I think through the process of making, like even Mm. me getting the airbrush, I feel like for me personally, it was more reflective of, again, who I am as a person or like the contemporary lifestyle that I live. So I work digitally a lot as well. And I got an iPad maybe like three, four years. So I draw most of my stuff or collage it on, on the iPad. And that was because again, I was always on my phone. Why not make bring my art Muscle into memory. my and yeah well also why not to why not bring that digital technology that we use in our everyday life into my art and then in that way it feels more true to who I am today rather than being on my phone all day and then all of a sudden being in a candle lit studio with like a you know with a brush and yeah. all of that and so again connecting the everyday yeah, to your practice, yeah exactly basically. exactly I think that's what I try aim to do um but yeah it, back to this process so yeah. yeah my work starts with like an idea or an image and then I normally like play around with it, find other alternative images that might refer to it. Often like researching ideas around like 
just researching words researching that's what thoughts. i was gonna ask is it like mostly like visual research or but you look into like you know um sometimes like for yeah a lot of like some some of my paintings are led also by like the titles so i think the titles of the paintings often reflect just like a thought that i've had surrounding okay. it a perfect example of that would be for instance seppuku which is another word for hirakiri, I think it's called, which is the Japanese tradition of suicide, for instance. Oh, okay, and yeah, I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. it's like with the sword and so on. Mm-hmm. But I did a painting of like an F1 driver spraying Prosecco on himself or champagne on himself. <laughs> so I've, again, so it's like connecting these dots between yeah. like words and image. And while we're on like talking about image, so like recently I found out that, or I, again, I self-diagnosed myself with this, but I think I have... Um, Aphantasia. Oh, I see. Which I you probably saw Instagram my post about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a couple of weeks Visualizing ago. Visualising shit. Visualising shit. So I don't actually, contrary to what people think of an artist, I don't actually see anything when my eyes are closed, basically. Or I see very little when my eyes are closed. Mm. I see more in terms of thought or ideas. When you close your eyes, do you see an apple? Yeah, a What colour is the apple? I don't see a colour of the apple. I don't see an apple in the first place. Because of that, it's kind of informed my process of making. And I didn't even know I had aphantasia. Yeah. I'd already been working using image, visual references before I knew I had this So you this think thing. that you do a lot of like visual references and stuff because your brain isn't going to... Because know, it won't find... Like, I won't see it. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're finding all these different things and putting them together physically, not physically, but you know, digitally, yeah. physically, whatever. Mm-hmm. So to make up for what your brain exactly that, isn't yeah, doing, yeah, 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 and I think that's I'm good at maybe make putting the dots between things. Some people have hyperphant, so three percent of the world have aphantasia, ten percent of the world have hyperphantasia. Hyperphantasia is the opposite of what I have, where when you close your eyes, you see things as real as like when your eyes are open, basically. Nice. So and it's a scale, obviously. So I probably maybe sometimes I do fit. Maybe I've I'm quite sure I've like been tripping and seeing some shit you get me yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's definitely been times when i have seen some well your mind got stuff. unlocked <laughs> yeah 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 but funny enough also somebody told me that that's also my third eye which is closed so i don't know if you're into spiritualism and stuff i but am i like third yeah eye yeah yeah and i've also had um this like mad reiki guy who's a friend of my mom's before i found out about this yeah. about the aphantasia and he'd already from way back told me like you're like you're like up to scratch, but like I can tell that your third eye is closed. So I don't know Shit, if it's man. like the third eye or if it's this yeah. diagnosis. Things, I didn't ever or, associate those two but things. But also even like whether this thing, which is fantasia, even exists, because also it could be down to you know description. It's like how you can't prove it. You I can't guess. prove it. It's such a subjective thing. Like when I look, I looked it up immediately. I was like, fuck, I'm an artist. And I can't see with my eyes are closed. I can't imagine properly. (laughs) And I looked it up and there was other cases of artists who do exactly what I do, which Mm. is... So even like loads of people that was like, oh, I can't draw, I can't paint because I don't have ideas and whatnot. There's always a way, I guess. It's just like about finding a solution or like something that works for you, a process that works for you. So like do a lot of digital collages then to help that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital collages, mood boards. I recently just found this really good technique giving you like the drop on this one yeah. but it's just like putting an image really small on a big white background and then seeing it on your phone and it's like you see like a really small version of the image that you want to paint but for some reason it really helps me to imagine like a painting on a big 
on a big white wall, wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. so in the gallery yeah space. it kind of for me it's, it's what will it look like if i see it all, all the way down there so someone how how so would I it like be at first appearance if you it. just open your eyes quickly and saw something so you're thinking about the end result at the beginning yeah yeah, yeah at the beginning exactly because I, mean, I can't tell you how many times i've painted something and then at the end of it i'm like i fucking hate this so. yeah or it looks good in the studio you bring yeah it out into the world and then you bring it out exactly so different. i think that's something yeah i'm just always trying to find that just that's little, really smart, little life hacks man like that's what i live for genuinely and i think that's part of why i'm an artist is because as I said I love to chill and I'm quite lazy sometimes if you told me to do a task in five minutes I'll try find like a way to do it quicker work smart some, work smart not hard exactly yeah, so yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say the not hard thing because I bet you work hard as well <laughs> I work like, hard yeah in my own way man in my own yeah, way yeah exactly yeah so far you're saying that the routine is that you have this like idea mm-hmm. influenced by kind of your everyday or like every somehow day, yeah. intertwined into your in- everyday mm-hmm. you then go into like some visual research of to that mm-hmm. and then kind of articulate that visual research into a mood board or a mood collage board collage and then um, from that does it go to the canvas so i would say i could either just like maybe sometimes i'd just find like a banging image or like a series of images that kind of capture what i want and then i might print them out or just have them again on my ipad and like through like looking at them i'll just like make it project it straight onto the canvas i could collage and draw on paper sometimes Mm. i could digitally draw it i could draw bits over it so it's just again problem solving it's Changes like i might look at the image yeah, per piece i might look at the image and i'm like how do i get to where i want to go i like that you um, described it as problem solving <coughs> yeah man but painting's all problem solving really or art in general i think it's like you know how many sculptures sculptors that make like a big something that looks like a big solid block of metal actually do that you know you like yeah. find ways to like make it superficially look like it's yeah. like that way but or it's not i have to create or set on an image that I'm going to paint. And then in terms of materialising it onto the canvas, um, yeah, generally airbrush, um, a lot of tape. So I... Is it colour layers when you do the airbrushing? Or can you you work with multiple colours at once in airbrush? So you have to... Yeah, the airbrush is a lot of, like... You can only do one colour at a time. Okay. Um... Does that I've limit got, your work or, or does it nah, because make you, it something else? No, nah, you. Just, I mean, I've got two guns for one. So mm. if I needed to absolutely like switch between two. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, you know, you work on the black and then you work on the blue and then you do mm. the bit by bit. And then you can also always interchange. Um, But it's a lot of cleaning. So like most of what I spend my time doing, weirdly enough, is not the painting, but the cleaning of the mm. airbrush because... Then I spray it quickly, as you can imagine, and then I've got to clean it. Maybe there might be a clog. I might need to troubleshoot the machine to like figure out what's wrong with it. It's it's yeah, it's a lot of cleaning with with my mm-hmm. process of making. Um, and I guess that's also a part of my process. I think cleaning. Sounds kind of therapeutic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, think, I quite like cleaning my brushes in between. Cleaning my brushes, but cleaning my space as well. That's a massive part of my process. I mean, it's kind of my life. It's just like making a mess, tidying a mess, making a mess, yeah, I feel that. tidying a mess. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. But yeah, and then I guess you end up with the finished product from that. I guess like yeah. through all this amalgamation of processes and stuff. It, I think. Just if I look back at the stuff I was doing, even like a year, even less than a year ago, even like my last painting, I did the residency, yeah, like what two months ago now, and like the painting I'm doing right now is like for me, people might see it in the same language, but in my head it's like a completely different visual. That's language. a quick change. So you switch between. I've been like kind projects. of. I think I've been loading on this last evolution of mine, um, Ooh, and people so haven't excited. seen it yet, but it's been something in the making. But I've kind mm. of 
again with art you kind of it's it's bad for your brand or bad for your image i think sometimes to suddenly just go zero to a hundred yeah so i think i've been trying to kind of slowly incrementally make the changes well let's talk Um, a little bit more about your like your idea of branding and approach to branding then mm. so you're calculated in the way Mm. that you're approaching how you're seen by the world and thinking about that is that Mm. something that you spend a lot of time on or thought on Mm. i don't think so i think my brand is me man i think that's that's something that I don't know who taught me it, but I feel like I've been told Artist, that. Yeah, yeah yes. it's just like cl- classic. I mean, it's quite classic, isn't it? You don't want to build a brand that's not reflective of yourself because then you're stuck in not that's being yourself. That's an actor, I guess, maybe not an artist, if you get what I mean. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But still things. within the modern art scene, not everybody. It depends what you want to do with it, really, man. It's so personal to everybody. I think I have fun sometimes with my socials right now i literally don't even have instagram on my phone i've been like that for like a month now i just deleted it off my phone just to detox a little but i've got it on my ipad still so um but why did i mention that yeah so i think the planning of like social yeah, yeah, yeah. media, the social media i think i have this conversation with a lot of my friends who sometimes maybe even see part of like you know the relative success that i've had they see it down to the social media and I'd be lying if that wasn't the case. I think, you know, most opportunities that I've come by have been through social media, through people reaching out, either mm. through social media or most likely that they've come across my work through social media. Yeah, heard about you. Heard yeah. about me through social media. and th- But that's purely, I'd say, because you have to engage with the contemporary world. Yeah, well, um, it's also, it's in the name, is isn't it? It's media. Media, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, I mean, for me, I wouldn't know how else to do it. And I'm sure there's other channels to get out there and stuff. But I don't know. Again, I mean... Most of us are on our phones a good majority, a good portion of the day. So, again, why not make it into something that works for you rather than against you? And that's even Mm -hmm. why I'm detoxing from my phone, because I realised I wasn't getting out of it what I wanted. I was somehow ending up on Instagram Reels when really I'd gone on there to reply to a message that Mm -hmm. was like a business thing. Don't like do none of that social media planning. You just like have a piece. No, no, no. I don't. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm actually really bad with social media. Like people assume that Mm -hmm. like. I've put a lot more effort into it than yeah. I do. You're just, but you're Most good at curation. Do you know what I mean? So that's mm, why it probably is, is, is a form kind of, weirdly yeah. of curation, and yeah, you're yeah, good at yeah. that, as I saw with like yeah. LDF and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, man. I think I've definitely been fortunate with a lot of things as well, and I think for me, so I remember when I, my first post that I made this like two years ago during the end of COVID, that kind of started me on this like focusing on my social media a bit more was this like pick that I tried to get my I tried to frame my canvas on or lean my canvas on the wall to take a photo and Sophia again my girlfriend took a photo of me propping it up and then that popped off quite well and that got the attention of some football art platforms because that was some art related to football Mm -hmm. and then so that through that I think is when I realized like rah for one it helps the brand to sometimes incorporate yourself within it people like to see a face people like to see a face and yeah since then i think that's what kind of inspired me to like run there is money and like opportunities to be found through this avenue yeah it's worth putting the time yeah man for real especially if you want to make a career so you think think. that you were saying that most of the exhibition opportunities you've had is through instagram and stuff like that do you do any kind of networking and shit through that you're conscious with it or is it just all being quite natural to you I think, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm always area. just surprised, man. I think it's always difficult to subjectively see yourself. And even your art, I always re- refer to it as, you know, you know you'll never see yourself you're, the way other people perceive you in the when you look at yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I've always feel the same way 
in relation to my art. So I'm maybe sometimes quite naive to how I'm perceived by others. Um, maybe that's just me. So like you say that the gallery and exhibition opportunities have yeah. kind of come to you. Then I guess my question is, when it comes to your involvement in that, how do you get... I guess some people will want you to put specific works in, but how do mm. you decide what to put out there? Or is there um, a like calculated way that you like approach what you're showing? Or like I think it's all changing for me because so last year I graduated and I said, I mean, putting it bluntly, man, I said, this year I'm whoring myself out. You can get me. Like everyone can have me basically. <laughs> everyone man. can get a piece. <laughs> everyone can get a piece. That was my, that was the business plan of last year. And was that last you just like say yes to everything, is that Yeah, what you yeah, mean? and I manifested it so I had way more than on my I had on my plate way more than what I could feasibly actually do, I think. And somehow made it through and made made it work. Probably since graduating in September, I think I did like seven or so shows, if not more, from yeah, September few, to December. Yeah. And then, but that was again repurposing old works, making some works for themed shows, just doing yeah. what I had to do. That's nice that you weren't scared yeah, to yeah. show old work as well. Yeah, man. I mean, again, I had no choice. I just put myself in the deep end. But then this year, I think the approach is changing a lot. Okay. So this year, I said to myself, I mean, it's not even good for your brand, really. Or it's not even good for your art, for art's sake, to be churning out work the way yeah. I was. So now I'm trying to be a lot more deliberate and intentional with what I'm doing, just respecting my boundaries more. With your business plan. Yeah. <laughs> or attempts of a business plan. But yeah, man, I've, and again, man, I think, weirdly enough, whenever I've manifested something like that, somehow the cogs have moved around me exactly kind of how I want it so last year I said I want to do loads of shows and loads of things reached out to me this year I said bigger better things but less of them and somehow like that's kind of also happened so maybe people also like you maybe put like you know the energy that I was putting out last year was was that of of like kind of trying to find opportunities and now people are maybe a bit more standoffish or something or maybe people probably see oh shit he's been doing loads of stuff so maybe don't contact me as as much for like little shows because they're like maybe he's busy you know so I I really don't know again it's a lot to like kind of wrap your head around because it's so much bigger than you um and then, such a big industry as well. Oh, it's a like, huge industry. There's space for, for both ways of working, which is what's so interesting about mm. it. Like. Well, I think the worst thing for me is like the deeper you get into it, you realise there's so many more layers to it. And I mean, there's so much stuff that I've like found out in relation to the art industry that's quite scary in a way. And me as a person, I'm a massive oversharer. <laughs> and so I think that comes across again through like my social media or through my art itself. I think like I'm always trying to just, I've done this. Like if I've done a cool painting, I guarantee you if I come here, you'll hear about it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not here for all that like, oh yeah, I paint, you know, you might have seen You're not me. Shy about I'm not shy about it, I own my shit. Well, I try to, man. And sometimes maybe it comes across as a bit like arrogant or something, but. No, it's I think at the end of the day, like you get me. I f- yeah, exactly. I think, um, but it's not. I'm not doing it with malicious or like to rub it in people's faces. 100%. It's purely because I genuinely am happy with. Yeah. And you're generally a nice person, so <laughs> like that. I guess that's <laughs> well, I why it, it, it happens that I way. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, but then yeah, and then I think. So funny enough, actually, I just thought about this. So a really good analogy for this was when I was doing my residency in New York, I met up with this girl, who's amazing artist. Her name is Ramco, and she was showing at IRL Gallery, which yeah. is a gallery I'd worked with last year in New York. And she'd come from Austria. And this, again, no shade whatsoever on her. I just find this really interesting as mm. different perspectives as artists. She'd come, left uni from Austria, and hadn't told nobody on her course that she was having a solo show, basically, wow. in this IRL Gallery. And I was like, like are you crazy? Like, why would you do that? And she's I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't, want, I don't want, like, because pe- if I say it, people 
will judge it and give me bad energy and kind of hate on me okay. and shit like that. And like that is, I've I've also like overshared to the point that like when things don't happen, I'm out. like that's my fault because I told people too soon. But now. she had the exhibition locked in. She had right? the exhibition locked in and everything. Well, but humble, again, humble but I was the opposite. Whereas I tried to like, before going to New York, I told everybody. And what I found from my personal experience was that everybody was like fully like cheering me on man i got messages from people that i would never expect just out of the blue literally like oh man i'm so happy for you just do your thing make us proud so i think i don't know that's the sword that maybe i'll die on and maybe it'll like lead to good things and maybe it'll be like a flop but we're manifesting yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i think for me it's always just been about just sharing my journey with people and it's not just for me or it's not just me that's winning man when i make it man like yeah, I mean, it's all of us that are going to be there fucking enjoying enjoying those experiences and so on so yeah man beautiful I love that I think that's like a nice way to like kind of close on now yeah. well I guess I've got like a few minor questions any major lessons that you've learned on your journey so far that as an artist what have you learned or is what think one piece of like advice really corny and cliche you can i mean it'd be a little corny you know oh, should i just spill the tea let's spill the tea come on like one thing this is like a saying that i think way too people to put way too much pressure on themselves to make find opportunities and if opportunities aren't coming they blame themselves and i think don't be hard on yourself if you're not getting results because fundamentally the reason why some people are doing so well is because the opportunity has been set in front of them and if you've got a fucking mad opportunity in front of you're not gonna not turn up to Mm -hmm. it you get me and so i think that's why some people are excelling the way they are and well, because they someone's been like, we've got this exhibition, you're going to be in, and then you're you going to be in it. Like, what are you going to do? Don't make the, what if you don't get asked to be in the exhibition? One, how do you make the, the good shit? That's the that's the contradiction. But once the opportunity comes, then then you will make good be, shit. But then, then how do you really get an opportunity <laughs> with you? Oh man, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe that's a bad bit. Of then advice, we go so. back to the just to the just make. If just, you just make, make yeah, 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 exactly. Will come just and make, then you will yeah. make ten times. Originally, better. you just have to make a hundred percent. Okay, so let's play like that. Yeah, yeah, make yeah, yeah. that's what you're then saying. Then the opportunity will come, and then you just go seize the opportunity, basically. Period. Period. And you think that's how it's gone for you? That's yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's next or what's coming up or is there anything in the works that you want to mm. let us know any See, shows this is that oversharing up? part that no that, is there about. any shows is there <laughs> shows any... coming up yeah oh, Sophia the show's coming up I've got I should be having a solo in Palma de Mallorca oh sh- next year big Amazing. early next do you know year what, what gallery it is or do you know what it's, it's like a new gallery called The Tube and wow. they're like building new space looks amazing really that excited so for that ex- and a solo show as well Mm-hmm, that'll I'm be my first solo. My yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be That's my first so solo. I had freeze hopefully confirmed for this year, and so then with um, behind who do you know? Or with Halston High Street, and I'm gonna be doing a duo booth with Hamid, which is like an amazing artist who I'd actually like traded works with way prior, like way back, and then. Wow. Weirdly, we've both so worked cool. with Halston and now we've ended up with our own booth. And they put you together, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be collaborative or like, resp- like kind of collaborative feeding off each theme, well. feeding off all of that. Like literally, just that like set. So we exciting. even like we might holler you for a little set design. Please do because we want to kind of create like a space within the booth kind of thing, environment it. for the booth. And then yesterday, I've contacted for Art Basel, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yet. Ah, this is so much. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting you. I'm like, what's coming up? You're like, um, and then you just say all of those yeah. amazing There's things. There's a few little things in on like along that as well. I got shown Oslo in October as well, maybe. And then um, I don't know, man. I think 
I said I'm going to do less, so I think I'm going to keep it at that probably for this, for yeah. maybe for, for the time being. Just keep it small, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. is amazing. I'm um, so happy for you. Yeah, man. Those are big, big things and I'm really gassed. So like, how how can people find you? Like, How people... Um, I guess on Instagram or on my website, Matia Guanera McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you yeah, just type we'll it in. We'll share it as well. Yeah, worry. share it yeah, and yeah. You'll, you'll, see the, you'll see me there, man. Okay, and then the final question that we ask everybody, mm. what is one piece of research or inspiration or, mm. you know, whatever for So, because this is like the question that I was kind of prepped for and I was like thinking about this and then I was like, I was trying to think of like research material and so on and I had some ideas, but then I was like, fuck that. Like, what's the truest thing for me? And like, I think... I'd recommend like just really engage with the contemporary art scene surrounding you because like those artists that may be across the world or like maybe next door, they could be wherever. I just went to New York and linked up with people thanks to the fact that I have been engaging with the contemporary art scene and really those people that like other artists are your peers, it's your colleagues. If you worked in the office, it would be the guy in the booth next door and unfortunately we're not all in the same space. We're dispersed all over the world. But I think that's, like, A, been, like, my biggest inspiration. Like, the fact that, like... The people around you. People, people around me. Right yeah, ma- but people making, exactly. I've been, mean, you know, even just follow people, man. Like, just follow people. Like, I've one of my favourite artists that me and my friends used to speak about out of the blue followed me not too long ago. You know, things like that. Just just follow message, show appreciation, and just engage with people. Even if maybe you don't consider yourself to be at a level with certain people then maybe also engage with people that are early career artists you know I think definitely just try and find people to like embark on your journey with because Mm -hmm. like people that like randomly I might have messaged two years ago now we still talk and pop up to each other's stories and congratulate each other when we have shit going on and it's just a great great way to like feel stimulated and feel engaged in our practice which can be very lonely a lot of the time yeah so just spread the love spread the love man yeah Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on with you. This has honestly been a beautiful conversation and I'm so inspired, you know. Thank Thank you. you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.